It's Wednesday, March 2nd, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, our, uh, our worst fears were realized yesterday uh, after 5 o'clock when Major League Baseball and the Players Association were unable to come to an agreement, and the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred, announced that at least the first two series of the uh, regular season uh, will be canceled. Games will not be made up and players will not receive paychecks uh, for those games. Uh, so what we're at now, a 150 game season as it stands right now. Well, 156 games, right, Joe? 156 uh, games. Yes. The Guardians lose uh, six games, their first six games off the schedule. Major League Baseball loses 91 games overall. Uh, the Guardians were you know, scheduled to open the season March 31st against the Royals and the twins were coming in for three, you know, those, those games are gone, right. As of now, as of now. Now, if you want to be pragmatic, if you want to be positive, if you want to look at the bright side of things uh, you know, games on March 31st in Cleveland, don't usually have a really good track record of a getting played or B being very pleasant for those who attend the games. Uh, even in the press box, it's a little cold. Uh, but I, you, you gotta, you gotta really sort of look at the big picture here. This is the first time since 95 that the games are going to be missed because of uh, a labor dispute. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, commissioner, uh, um, uh, you know, Manfred said, uh, you know, this was, you know, back in uh, at the owners meetings in Florida that uh, missing any games would be a disastrous outcome for the industry. And here we are, you know, I mean, it's, you know, there's 91 total games and counting, who knows, you know, they, they supposedly spring training can't open now until March 12th. You know, that's, that's the date they're putting it on. And uh, you know, so if, if they don't reach a deal by the end of this week, Joe, you know, I would think you're going to cancel more games. I right. you know, it, it just, you know, so um you know, the, the, the encouraging thing to me is, you know, what they met for eight straight days, nine straight days in Jupiter, mm -hmm. you know, like we've said before, they're in the same, they're, they're, not, they're in the same ballpark. They're just not on the same base. You know, they're not, right. they're not at home play together. So I think they're making progress, but you know, it, you know, they, they've got to get a deal done. here. I, I think with a lot of these economic, the core economic issues, there's uh there's philosophically sort of the same ideas. It's just the dollar figures aren't making sense uh, or aren't matching up both ways. And really, when you look at that, it's billionaire owners saying, okay, we won't give you, you know, what amounts to five more pennies to us. Uh, the, the owners really wouldn't feel that sting. It would be between one and $3 million more per team. Uh, if, if you're talking, uh, you know, the, the, the salary increases that are, that are being proposed back and forth. And then the competitive balance tax, the luxury tax, that's really what probably the biggest sticking point right now and where, they, where there are the farthest gaps. Uh, the, player, the players see that as a mechanism that wasn't, that, that was, in, when it was first introduced and first imposed, it was supposed to promote more spending on salaries and instead, they see it now as sort of a soft salary cap. Yeah, it was supposed to level the playing field that where, you know, all the great players weren't going to go to New York and Los Angeles and, uh, 
you know, um, and, you know, to the big market teams that, that, that you know, that the, uh, the middle and bottom, you know, smaller market clubs, we're going to be, we're going to spend more, but it, you're right. It acted like, uh, you know, the play, the teams have used it as a soft salary cap. What one or two teams are the only team. I think the Dodgers, you know, passed, uh, you know, what, what, what was it? 210 million last year. The Dodgers were the only team to, uh, to, uh, you know, go over that and, and, you know, pay tax bonuses. I mean, tax penalties. And, uh, so, you know, that's the arguing, that's the big point of contention, but I think, you know, there's a lot of small and mid market teams, the guardians included that are really pushing for, you know, they do not want to see that, uh, the luxury tax go to, uh, uh, to 238 million, what, which is what the, uh, you know, the players are proposing They they want to, you know, they, they, the owners have kept it at, you know, the owners have proposed to keep it at what, 220 million for the right. first three years of the deal. And, uh, you know, they're, I think mid-market teams and small market teams are afraid that if, if, if the, if the uh, luxury tax goes up, if it increases, that'll give, you know, more teams, bigger market teams, an opportunity to spend more of their money without pe- being penalized and getting the best players and dominating the game. Right. And it's, if you look at it, the guardians payroll, you know, last year was a fraction of that, you know, proposed 220 million, uh, not even coming close to it. And, and you're right. The players want it to go up to, by the end of this CBA, they want the, uh, the luxury tax to go up to 270 something, you know, way higher than 238. They want it to start at 238 and get progressively higher after that. Uh, the owners want it to, want it to end around that 238 number by the end of the, uh, the four years. So that's where they're the furthest apart. And I, I can, I can, I can see, you know, arguments both ways, mostly based on, you know, the guardians being a small market team and not wanting things to, to get away from them as quickly as, as they would if that salary cap went up and, and you're right. Uh, right now it's not functioning the way that it was originally intended because only a handful of those teams are pushing at that, that 220 million mark. And uh, they're the teams that can, can pick and choose which star players to add and, and add their salaries. So it's a, it's a really tough situation right now uh, as, as, as a sticking point. I, I, you don't want to side uh, against the, the players here. At least I don't want to side against the players in any way, but I think there's going to have to be some compromise on that, uh, on that you know, top-end number and, and bring it down a little bit. The players agreed to this this deal, Joe. I mean, they've agreed for the last two basic agreements. You know, they kind of, it seems to me, they brushed aside the CBT. They really didn't give it too much thought. And now, you know, it's come back to bite them. You know, now the, the owners have made this work for them. And, uh, you know, the players are, are, you know, basically want everything they've lost. They want it back in these negotiations. And I so, just don't think you can do that. You know, I'm, I'm not, you know, Manfred is being painted as, you know, some evil being here. He's just carrying out the owner's uh, wishes. You know, he works for the owners. Uh, and um, I think, uh, you know, the players walked into this mess. They're trying to get out of it instead of negotiating their way out of it. They're trying to get everything back at one, at one fell swoop. And I just don't see it happening. Right. 
so where do we go from here? What's the, the next planned uh, session? It was what I, I'd heard that they had planned on maybe meeting tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow or Thursday. I think they're going to meet, you know, later this week. Both sides have said they're they're willing to, uh, you know, they want to keep meeting. Uh, Tony Clark, the uh, direct, you know, the executive director of the MLBPA, said he, he wants to continue negotiating. Um, you know, there was a report that uh, this uh, the what the owners' proposal was yesterday was their best and final offer. Manfred said that wasn't true, that they want to keep, they want to keep working toward a deal. And uh, so hopefully they get together in New York later this week and, and get this thing ironed out. Cause Joe, look at the bonus pool. What the, uh, the, the players are at 80 million. The, the owners have come up to 30 million. That, that's doable. Isn't it? Some, mm-hmm. there's some, there's gotta be a middle ground there. You know, the serve, the service to, um, you know, they've agreed on the uh, the draft lottery. Uh, not agreed, but, you know, the, the owners are up to having the lottery include five picks. The players are at seven picks. There's got to be some – there's there's room for compromise here in a lot of these issues. Right, yeah. I think, uh, you know, the, the dollar figures on the, the bonus pool, uh, that can maybe be worked out or, or work on some sort of scale. Uh, and maybe even same with the number of uh, uh, lottery picks there that – that can also be worked out. Yeah, they're they're close on a few things, and that's why there was maybe a little bit more optimism as they worked on that 16-hour day on on Sunday. But you know, in the time since then, we've had all of this sort of this damage control. This PR machine comes out. You know, the the owner's side leaks out. Oh, they were they were real close. They were you know, and then the ch- the, the tone changed for the the players after they they uh, you know met again on Monday morning. And the players said, no, we haven't had the same, we've had the same tone the, the whole time. This is what happens when the owners realize that, you know, their tactics aren't, aren't working and they, they want to change things up. So uh, both sides are sort of using the media and, and leaking out uh, details and, and, and sort of trying to manipulate things. Uh, that's why it's, you, you, you don't really sort of latch on to, you know, hope when you hear things coming out of these, these bargaining sessions, it's, it's, uh, until there's something concrete to say or do, uh, you know, there's really nothing you can do. Yeah, it was interesting, uh, you know, that uh, the owners uh, kind of at the 12th hour kind of introduced the, uh, you know, uh, a proposal for to include the pitch clock to ban the shift. And uh, where did that come from? I thought, you know, the, when this thing first started, you know, Manfred said th- those are that's too contentious of a, uh, you know, a subject to broach in these negotiations, they were going to put it off until the next basic agreement. So what they were kind of sliding that in under the door, like the players would miss that, I, you know, I, you know, so that, that, that's, you know, I would, I could see where that would, you know, really upset some people. I could see where that would get the unions hackles up. Yeah. It, it's, it's almost a, a sort of a dirty tactic because, uh, it, it's not like they made the offer, uh, you know, all that much sweeter in the in their final proposal. Uh, but then to throw in the the two those those two aspects, the the pitch clock aspect and and what else, and then you know once it, knowing that the players are going to reject it and make them look like the bad guys, I I, I don't yeah that's that's yeah I mean those are things that I should should be addressed, but mm-hmm. you know why do it at the twelfth hour? Get a deal done. You know, and, you know, and, you know, the next step 
they're going to ask for a, a mediator again. The owners are going to ask for a mediator again when, you know, they're the ones that started this lockout. If you started the lockout, you must have been confident you could get a deal. And, you know, I'm just waiting for they've been rejected twice, for, you know, by the union for a mediator. So I know that's maybe I don't know. Can they call in the government to uh, settle this thing to mediate? That's what happened in the uh, in the 1990 lockout. Right. And the, the night, what, the 95 lockout, they called in the, the, the government negotiator. But again, uh, that guy was sort of viewed as a, a, a you know, a, a bumbler or, a, you know, somebody who didn't know very much about baseball. And, and, you know, you, you that, yeah, the then it went, finally went to, I think, a Supreme Court, not the court, but the court, uh, uh, you know, one of the judges just, uh, you know, threw, threw everything out. They said then they had to play under the old basic agreement in 95. So, you know, I don't know if that's going to, if that's just around the corner here, but you know, when you start canceling games, you know, 90 games at one, one sweep of your hand, 91 games, you know, it's, uh, it's, you know, somebody's going to feel the pinch there. Yeah. Eventually it's been said that the owners really won't feel uh, anything because games in April are historically low, low attended, uh, especially in the Northeast. But, uh, you know, who knows? We'll, we'll see how that goes. Hoinsey, you're out in uh, Arizona right now. You're uh, actually, uh, the, the Guardians have opened up uh, their minor league camp at, to the media. So there's, you know, there's at least baseball going on and players on the field. And you're able to, to get a look at some of these guys and, and maybe talk to a few people. What have been your first impressions of, uh, of Guardians uh, minor league camp? as it's now open to the media. Joe, there are a lot, there are over 150 players here and I don't know any of them. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I can't recognize, you know, I know I recognize the names, but I, I've never met you know, most of the players. And uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, I just kind of walked around, uh, you know, the fields yesterday, you know, every field is full and people are hitting, you know, it's, it's like a normal spring training, but it's like, I'm covering a team that I've never covered before because, you know, even, uh, you know, the upper echelon uh, minor leaguers aren't here because they're on the 40 man and they're locked out. So, you know, we've, I've seen some players like Bo Naylor and, and uh, you know, some of the, you know, top pitching prospects uh, that, and, uh, you know, some guys from last year, uh, you know, some of the draft picks, but uh, you know, we're going to start, you know, I kind of have to start digging in today and just seeing, you know, talking to a few players, but it, it's, uh, you know, it's good to see baseball. It's good to see, you know, practices, you know, they always say practice doesn't change. It's boring, mm-hmm. but uh, Hey, it's good to be out it's, here. And it's good to, it's good to just see baseball in action. again. I was going to say it's baseball. So it's better than, uh, you know, negotiations. Uh, were you able to, to talk to Bo Naylor or was that something you're planning on doing in the next? No, uh, we talked, I talked to, uh, John, uh, John McDonald, the field coordinator, uh, yesterday for, uh, you know, he's, you know, former, you know, Johnny Mack, former, you know, longtime Indians infielder, longtime big league infielder. And he's, you know, kind of running the show here and he just went down, you know, the players have been here, Joe, most of these players, you know, they come in shifts have been here since January. You know, mm-hmm. working out and, you know, they go home for a couple of days or a couple of weeks, they come back. So, uh, you know, he's really excited about the, the group of young, you know, the, the, the group of minor leaguers that are in camp, um, especially, you know, he's got kind of honed in on the position players, 
the the uh, the Guardians have their own like pitching group that really monitors the pitchers, and uh, it's uh, you know he's excited about a lot of these different players. You mentioned that uh, the players come in shifts since since January. Is there a lot? Are there still a lot of COVID precautions being uh, followed out there and be you know set up that sort of make things different, or is it more like uh, you know what we're used to for for training camp? Yeah, uh, uh, you know they dropped mask the mask requirement yesterday. Uh, you still have to the first time into the facility, you've got to take a COVID test. After that, you know. It, it, you know, it seems like the, the uh, you know, the restrictions have been, re, uh, you know, relaxed. Uh, the meetings, there's team meetings and team meals are still outside in tents. But other than that, that's, uh, I think that's the only restrictions remaining from, uh, you know, last season. And if and when the lockout does end, Joe, uh, if you remember, uh, minor leaguers last year couldn't report until the big league clubs left for the regular season. Not now they'll all be in the same facility at, at, at the same time, you know, just providing the big league players ever get here. Right. Yeah. And that, you know, that benefits the minor league players as well for be, being able to be around those guys and, and see how they work and see how, how it, what it takes to, to advance. So that'll help them. Uh, who, uh, who are you most looking forward to sort of getting to know uh, on that, that list of players that, you know, they aren't quite at the top level of the minors because they're not on the, the 40 man. Uh, but these are guys, there are some uh, like a Daniel Espino, like, uh, like you said, a Bo Naylor or a Carson Tucker who were high draft picks who we haven't really gotten to know much about yet. And this, you know, over the last couple of years would be the time for, for their development to, to really sort of kick in. But because of injuries, because of the COVID pandemic, we really haven't gotten a, a chance to learn anything about them. Yeah, I, I'm anxious to see, you know, guys like, uh, you know, uh, Carson Tucker, who was number one pick a couple of years ago and missed last season with a wrist injury. I was watching him run the bases yesterday. You know, John, uh, um, Johnny Mack had a lot of good things to say about Yorkies Valdez. I think he was uh, an infielder, maybe number one or two high pick a couple of years ago, a high school kid out of Miami, said mm -hmm. he's really filled up, filled out, much stronger you know, really driving the ball. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm looking to see that that class of, uh, you know, pitchers, what, 19 pitchers out of 21 picks last year, led by Gavin Williams, um, that, you know, out of, you know, the college, their number one pick last right. year. And all college and, pitchers they picked, almost all yeah. college pitchers, yeah. And, uh, you know, so, you know, I'm, I'm anxious to see him and talk to him and see what he's about. He threw a sim game yesterday, looked very good. So, um, you know, that, uh, and he, he's been, you know, uh, I talked to Mike Chernoff. He, he was saying he, he was hitting a hundred miles an hour out here. So, you know, that's impressive. Yeah. Uh, a, a lot of these guys will be filling out the, the rosters in Lake County in Akron and Columbus. Uh, when, when the minor leaguers do break camp, uh, uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to make plans to, to cover minor league games uh, beginning in April uh, when the, the rubber ducks have their home opener uh, should be a lot of fun to, uh, to at least go down there. Cause, cause there's no way that the big leaguers are going to be playing by April 12th. Yeah. And uh, what uh, the, the, I think triple a team breaks camp, like they, they open at, at uh, April, April 3rd. So the mm -hmm. Clippers will, will start April 3rd and then 
like you said, the rubber ducks are right behind them. Yeah, that's the the, the minor league uh, team. They, at least that might be one benefit for the minor league clubs is that there might be more interest and more attendance in those those early games if um, if people are waiting around for the big leaguers to get started. So uh, we will definitely be monitoring that. Uh, what else? Uh, is, are you are you feeling good out there? You said the, uh, the the temperature was up around the 80s. You sweating it out out there, Hoinsey? Yeah, Joe. I think I'm going to melt, man. I think <laughs> after spending what winter the winter in Menor with snow up to my neck, I'm, this is like I got I got to get some sunscreen, man. <laughs> did, you, did you pack shorts at least? I, I mean, I should have packed shorts, but I did oh, not. No. Nobody nobody wants to see these legs. Believe you're, me. you're going to the ballpark on a 90 degree day in jeans every day. I, I can't. <laughs> I I don't fathom. Hoinsy, you got a breathable materials. Come on, man. Yeah, and Joe, that you know, they we did find out that you know they're, they're, they have thirteen non-roster players that are coming to spring training. Mm-hmm. So uh, if and when spring training ever starts, so you know, guys like uh, you know Bo Naylor will be there. Sandy Leone, Sandy Leone is in camp. You know, mm-hmm. he's a non-roster player. So you know, supposedly, um, you know, they weren't allowed to uh, come into camp. But it was, you know, from uh, what I've heard, it was uh, it was their decision if they wanted to report, you know, with the with the minor league minor league guys, they could. So and, a guy you know, like a guy like a Sandy Leone or a Daniel Johnson, who w- they were on the forty man uh, within the last couple of years, but now they're not on the forty man right now. Their invitees are. Is Daniel Johnson allowed to be there, or is yep. he? I don't know. I have not seen Daniel Johnson. I don't know if he's in camp. I saw Oscar Gonzalez. You know the guy, the kid that hit mm-hmm. like what 30, 30, 31 home runs last year. The the interesting thing with Gonzalez and a couple of these other guys, Joe, is they're still eligible for the Rule Five draft, even though they signed, uh, right. you know, with uh, you know they signed with the Indians minor league deals with the Indians after because there was no Rule Five draft mm-hmm. because of the lockout. Now when this thing ends, you know, the, the, there's two schools of thought: the Rule Five draft will, will still take place. But there's also I've read some other stuff that said that the Rule Five might get canceled. So I'm not sure what's going on. But you know, a guy like Gonzalez, big power, you know, is kind of I would think he'd be on the top of a lot of teams' lists if if the Rule Five is held. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe maybe keep him under wraps uh, at camp the next couple of uh, couple of weeks here, so that people don't uh, don't find out that. You know he's uh, he's somebody that they might want to take off uh, out of the out of the system there. All right, uh, Hoinsey, back at it again today. Uh, getting getting a feel for camp uh, later on. We'll talk to you uh, tomorrow. If anything breaks in the negotiations, we will have an emergency podcast that'll go up uh, immediately as soon as we know more details about the who's, the when's, and the where's. Uh, but until then, we're going to operate same as we have. Uh, with this this lockout, this uh, sort of impasse uh, tomorrow, uh, the plan right now is uh, is to talk about our uh, the, the the last of our 25 most memorable uh, Cleveland baseball players of the last 38 years, and uh, looking forward to that one. Uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you again from Arizona tomorrow. All right, Joe.